today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Because no flesh is going to glory in His presence. Nobody can take the credit for that which God alone does. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past or where you come from. God can use you wherever you are, no matter what kind of baggage you have. Today, Pastor J.D. is going to show you the example of Paul's life, how he used to even be a persecutor of Christians, and how his life got turned completely around for God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. 1 Timothy, and our text will be verses 12 through 16 in chapter 1. Those of you that are here can turn there if you're not there already. Chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. Can I ask you to stand? You can follow along as I read. If not, where you're seated is fine. The Apostle Paul is writing to... Timothy, a young pastor, and in verse 12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though, verse 13, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor, And a violent man, certainly a reference to how he had Christians killed before he came to Christ. He says, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, verse 15. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Wow. What I'm hoping to do today is answer this question. You see it there on the screen. It's the question of, what can I do? In light of and especially with everything that's happening in the world today? And that's a good question. And 
Actually, I've been asked this question. I've been on the receiving end of many emails from people saying, man, I mean, what can we do in concert with prayer? What can we do in light of everything that's happening? And that's a very good question. But I want to emphasize, highlight, underscore the word or the letter I. So the question is more like this. It's not, what can I do? It's more like this. What can I do? In the sense of, what can someone like little old me do? I mean, (laughs) I'm just a nobody. I mean, I'm not only not in the who's who, I'm in the who's he. I love that one. I totally stole that from Gail Irwin, but it's mine now. So, But I'm a nobody. I mean, how's God going to use somebody like me? Or worse yet, how about this one? God can't choose to use someone like me because of my past. Or the reality is, is that I'm really not qualified. So God can't use me. Enter the text before us today where the Apostle Paul uses his own life and his own sordid past as a murderer of Christians thinking he was helping God out. He was doing God a favor. Oh, how much blood of Christians did he have on his hands. Some even suggest, and we're not told specifically, what that thorn in the flesh was that he writes about to the Corinthian church that was this messenger from Satan that would torment him day and night, all day, every day, all night, every night. We're not told what it was. Some speculate and suggest that what he was so tormented by, and the reason why he wanted God to remove it, is because the the enemy had tormented him day and night about all of the blood that he had on his hands from those Christians that he had killed. Stephen being the first, by the way. Certainly, (laughs) Paul would qualify, if I can use that word, as the last person on planet earth to ever get saved, let alone to ever be used. (laughs) But not in God's economy. I mean, if you were in that day friends with someone like Saul of Tarsus, and you were a believer, and you were with other Christians, you would be praying for him thinking to yourself as you're praying for him, Lord, bring Saul to you, to a saving knowledge. Save Saul. And then deep down inside you're going, it's never going to happen. Are you kidding me? And yet not only does God save him, God uses him in such a mighty way. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that God is unable to use us in mighty ways, this would be it. And by that I mean, 
we wrongly believe that there's really nothing that we can do to make a difference. So, what do we end up doing? Nothing at all. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. By the way, if you see me as your pastor, that would be a profound honor for me. Uh, I want you to know that this is my resume right here, okay? This, right here. This is my resume. We're going to read my resume. Ready? Paul writing, brothers and sisters, <laughs> think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. <clears throat> Not many of you were influential. <clears throat> Not many of you were of noble birth. But God, oh, I love those two words. Give me just a moment here. It changes everything. Those two words. But God, and here it is, chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why? Verse 29. Because it's so that no one may boast before him. That's why. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Because no flesh is going to glory in his presence. Nobody can take the credit for that which God alone does. You know, <laughs> I nothing wrong with having a formal education. I have no formal education. Nothing wrong with, you know, that. I, I barely graduated from high school. I graduated from high school by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. No, that's literally, I barely graduated. I got suspended, and they were threatening me that they would not, that I would not graduate. It was just by the grace of God, I think, that I graduated, but... You know, you know how they have that most likely to succeed? Voted most likely to succeed. In the yearbook, you know, the, my senior year, you know, they had the picture, and then down below the picture of, of the senior, it had all the lists of the accomplishments, you know, high school, I mean, uh, you know, cheerleader head and uh, ASB. Boy, it's been so long. I don't even remember what they call it anymore. Assistant student body president, you know, and Letterman's Club, and this club, and that club. And you know what there was below my name, my picture? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No thing. It was just white. It's just like a big blank white space. They even had to move the picture underneath up to, you know. Anyway, enough of my problems. But I'm actually going somewhere with this. I was the last person on the planet you would have ever thought. In fact, my classmates to this day are very confused. <laughs> You're a pastor? Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, it's like God chooses the foolish to confound the wise. Get it? So that that way there's no way I can stand up here and say, yeah, have you seen my resume? Have you seen my credentials? Have you seen all the letters at the end? Again, nothing wrong with this. All the letters at the end of my name. I have none. That's why I changed my name to put letters. So I had letters. JD. (laughs) You know what I love is when somebody says, wow, Pastor JD, (laughs) if God can use somebody like you, he can use me. Now my first response in the flesh is, Wow, that was really insulting. Because <laughs> you just basically said that, you know, I mean, you're the, that's exactly the point. And that's what Paul's saying. The worst of the worst, the last of the last, the least of the least. So that that way they look at a life like the Apostle Paul. They look at a life like a Pastor J.D. and they say, that's God. <laughs> it's not him. I know him. I knew him. I went to school with him. It's not him. It's the Lord. God gets all the glory. Chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. The weak things. Shame the strong. That way he alone gets all the glory. I would suggest that this passage we just read in 1 Corinthians and Our text here in 1 Timothy answers for us the question of what can I do? Little old me. Mrs. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. (laughs) If you really think about it, it's not really me doing anything. Rather, it's the Lord doing everything in me and through me so he alone gets the glory. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do no thing. I looked that up in the original language. You know what that means? No thing. There's nothing you can do apart from me. There's no good thing. No good can come of you. I I hate to say this, but and I've shared this. And um, My dad used to always say, you're good for nothing. Explains a lot, you know. (laughs) Growing up, I heard that all the time. You're good for nothing. You're going to amount to nothing, boy. And he always said it in a mean, you know, with his uh, accent, you know, boy. You know, call me boy. I have a name. You name me. <laughs> boy, you are a good for nothing. You will amount to nothing. Cool, because God takes the... the nobodies, the nothings, and he does everything because he can. Have you ever heard it like this? I'll never forget. I was sitting under the teaching of God's word, and the pastor said the following. Some of us are too strong for God to use. I'm like, oh, that's me. I was sure everybody was looking at me because that was me. I'm too strong for God to use. He can't use me. Because I'm too strong in the strength of my own might. It's when I'm weak that I'm strong. That's what Paul would boast about. 
I do nothing. He does everything. I want to share with you two reasons. That God, as only he can, takes the ordinary and does the extraordinary. (laughs) Despite who we are or even what we've done in the past, as sordid as it might be. The first one is in verse 12, and it's that God's calling is God's enabling. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says here when he says that God is the source of his strength. That is how he is able to do anything. He's using his own life as an example of how God can use anybody to do anything. One of the things I'm learning in my own walk with the Lord is that God will never call me or even command me to do anything unless he also enables me to do it. Think about it. God cannot set us up to fail, or else he would be party to our disobedience, and that's impossible. That's not who God is. That's inconsistent with the character and nature of God. I think of it like this. God will always create and orchestrate a scenario in my life that is conducive to my obedience. He's always going to lead me in the right path. He just can't. He can't tempt to do evil. It's not possible. He'll never create a scenario that is conducive to my disobedience. In fact, it's the opposite that's true. So he calls me, he commands me. Certainly in scripture, we have many places where we're exhorted to do something. Any exhortation, any command, any call from the Lord comes packaged with the power and the strength and the enabling to do it. God will always enable you to do that which he has commanded you to do. I know this is in proper English. I guess it's a double negative, I'm told. But he can't not. I'll give you a moment. I know that's deeply profound. He is incapable of doing anything but that. He's going to enable you. He's going to empower you. To do that which he has called you to do. I love Philippians 4.13. I know it's a life verse for many. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's flip that around if you don't mind. And this is good to do sometimes when you're reading and studying scripture. Let's flip that to the other side of the table. If I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, wouldn't it stand to reason that I can do no thing if I don't have Christ who strengthens me? Ephesians 3 verse 16. He's praying for the church there in Ephesus. And he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches... I'm going to add inexhaustible riches. (laughs) He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Check it out. We're commanded to be ye holy as he is holy. 
How am I going to do that? Oh, (laughs) I got good news for you. You're not. Well, then how am I going to be holy? The Holy Spirit. Holy life, Holy Spirit. You cannot live a holy life absent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables you, empowers you to live a holy life. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. The best, I mean the best illustration I ever heard was that of a canoe, which we can relate to here in Hawaii. You got it on the beach. You want to get it into the water. So there you are. You're pushing, striving, using all your strength, all your might, all your power, and that thing ain't budging. So they call over some of the brothers. Hey, they try to push. No, no go, bro. <laughs> and all of a sudden, here comes a wave. Here comes the water. And all of a sudden now, this canoe that we couldn't budge, I, I use my pinky. It's in the water. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, different than in us, and empowers us, our lives will become like torrents of living water. You see those floodwaters? How powerful they are? I mean, my goodness, here's a house, like a little toy being taken downstream because of the power of the water. Again, not something we're familiar with here in Hawaii, but where I come from, (laughs) on the mainland, you know that our electricity, our power comes from water? They call them dams. They harness the power of the water to create electricity. It is so powerful. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this and we'll move on to the second one, which I want to spend the remainder of our time on. But don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't believe his lies. When he says to you, you can't do that. In fact, you know what? Agree with him. Say, you know what? (laughs) You devil. Because that's what he is. Um, You're right about that. I can't do this. But God can. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family is a source of support, comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of 1 Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, 
in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study the wisdom from the book of First Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 